0: Hello, and welcome back to the Dante in a Year podcast. My name is Danny Fitzpatrick, and today we are continuing our journey through Dante's Inferno. Last time, we found Dante lost in the middle of a shadowy wood. Trying to return to the right path, he was cut off by a leopard, a lion, and a wolf. Then he met the soul of the ancient Roman poet Virgil, who offered to lead him through hell and purgatory up to the entrance of heaven. There's so much we could talk about in this first canto alone, but for now I only want to point out that a kind of pattern has been established for us. The Divine Comedy is perhaps the most humble and most audacious of all poems. On the one hand, Dante confesses himself lost in the middle of his life, so far lost that he has no clue how he got there. On the other hand, he proposes to take us on a journey through all of the cosmos, with a Roman poet dead 1,300 years as guide. We'll see this humility and audacity throughout the poem, which constantly reaches into the depth and up to the height of humanity. For now, let's continue with Dante's Inferno, Canto 2. The day was departing, and the brown air relieved the earth's animals of their fatigue. And alone, I prepared myself to undertake the struggle of the journey and its misery, all of which errorless memory will retrace. O muses, O high genius, help me now. O mind inscribed with what I saw, here will your nobility appear. I began, Poet, you who guide me, see if my strength should suffice before you entreat me with this high passage. You say of Silvius's father that he, while still corruptible and bodily, went to the deathless realm, but that the enemy of every evil was kind to him Thinking of the high effect that was to come of him, and of who and what he was, does not appear amiss to a man of intellect, for he was chosen in the highest heaven to sire holy Rome and her power. The one and the other, should we wish to speak truth, were founded for the holy place where sits St. Peter's successor. Through this journey by which you give him glory, he came to know the cause of his victory and the papal mantle. Then there came God's chosen vessel to flesh out that faith in which the way of salvation begins. But I, why should I come there, or who permits it? I'm not Aeneas, I am not Paul, nor I nor any other believes me worthy of this, so that, should I abandon myself to come, I fear the coming should be folly. You understand, help my misunderstanding and like the one who disavows his will and at a new thought changes his proposal so that he gives up all he's just begun, so did I make myself on that shadowed slope, because in thinking I consumed the plan so hastily conceived. If I've understood your word well, responded that shade of the great soul, your spirit is assaulted by cowardice, which with panting encumbers the man so much to turn him away from honorable work as when a beast starts at seeing its shadow. To save you from this fear, I'll tell you why I came and what I learned in the first place I feared for you. I was among those suspended, and then a lady called me, so blessed and beautiful, that I requested she command me. Her eyes outshone the stars, and she began with words soft and plain, with an angelic voice in her speech, O courteous Manchuan soul, whose fame in the world yet endures, and will endure while the world lingers. My friend, and no friend of fortune, is halted in his journey on a desert slope, so that through fear he turns back. And I fear that he should be already lost, that I should be late rising to comfort him, for that I've heard of him in heaven. Now go with your innate words and any skill needed for his life, and help him that I should be consoled. I am Beatrice who tell you to go. I come from that place I wish to return. Love moved me and makes me speak. When I'm back before my Lord, I'll often praise you to him. And now she was silent, and then I began. O lady of virtue, through which alone the human species goes beyond all happiness held within the least sphere of that heaven. So agreeable is your commandment that my obedience offered already would be late you need no more than apprise me of your desire. But tell me why you don't mind descending to this strict center from the ample place to which you burn to return. Because you wish to know so much, I will tell you briefly, she responded, why I fear not to enter here. We ought only to fear those things that have the power to make men bad. Of the other things, no, for they are not fearful. I am so made by God and his grace that your misery doesn't touch me nor can the flames of this furnace assail me. In heaven is a gracious lady so filled with pity at his hardship that she relaxed the rule, allowing me to send you there. This lady called Lucy to her side and said, Now your faithful one needs you, and to you again I commend him. Lucy, enemy of everything cruel, was moved and came to the place where I was seated with the ancient Rachel. She said, Beatrice, true hand of God, Why do you not comfort him who so loved you that he left the vulgar herd? Don't you hate the anguish of his weeping? Don't you see the death that combats him on the fuming river where the sea won't break? Never on earth did people seek so swiftly to do their good or flee their evil as I when she'd spoken these words, coming here for my blessed vantage, believing in your noble speech, which honors you as well as all who followed it. After she'd explained this, She turned her eyes, shining now with weeping, making me wish to go more swiftly. And so I came to you as she wished. I freed you from that beast denying you the short way to that sweet mount. So what is it? Why, why do you stop? Why should such vile fear alight in your heart? Where is your fire? Where your faith? When these three ladies so blessed care for you in the court of heaven, and my words promise you such good just as little flowers that decline and close with cold night when the sun whitens them stand opened on their stems so was I in my stale strength and such good burning coursed in my heart that I began as one open O merciful one who comforts me and you so courteous so swift to obey the true words she gave you by your words you've disposed my heart to wish so much to go that I've turned again to my previous intent Go now, for one will is in us both. You are the leader, you the Lord, and you the Master. So I spoke, and then as he moved on, I entered the deep and wooded way. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Dante in a Year podcast. See you Friday for Dante's Inferno, Canto 3.